Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast, the week three edition of the pod for us fellas. With me, Dan Myler, is Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. And before we get started on our reactions to week three and our transaction theme that we're going to continue throughout the season, we thought we'd hit on a little bit of the news from the week. Once again, it revolves around Antonio Brown, Matt. Obviously, Seems like holding him in a moderately deep dynasty league is is the play here, but in a not so deep league, a little bit shallower, less than twenty roster spots. What are you going to do with Antonio Brown, considering those those tweets that he sent on Sunday morning? Yeah, I I I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's done. He says he's done, but we haven't been able to trust anything he said this off season. So who knows? It, it does seem like a stretch that any team is going to want to give him a shot at this point, but. Uh, you know, I still got Gronk on a couple of rosters. We we joke, but some people still have Calvin Johnson on some rosters. It, it seems like you have to hold him. If you have to cut him, he's probably like the first guy to cut if you have to pick up a waiver wire guy, especially as we start entering the bye weeks next week. So in those smaller roster spots leagues, like you mentioned, Dan, it's going to be difficult to hold on to a guy like that. Uh, but uh, anything you can get for him, like basically anything, a, a, a third round pick, sure, do, do it, I guess. Uh, because he's just going to clog your roster up, right? Yeah, it's you know, to me, Matt, it seems like he's probably being honest, and that's probably how he feels today. But, you know, we could wake up tomorrow and we could see some other tweets from him or somebody else that says he's working out for somebody or, or on his way somewhere, it seems like to me. There were so many that thought it was over after the Oakland stint, and, you know, then his value got resurrected. Ryan, let's bring you in. What are your thoughts on Brown and his value going forward, both in a shallow league and a deeper league? I think the discussion has to center around analyzing or, or just trying to decide if any team would actually give him a chance and sign him. I'm not really basing much of his value uh, around that that last tweet or that announcement because it, it just seemed it, it seemed to come out of frustration that he had he had lost this money in Oakland, obviously of his own doing, um, and, and now he's done the same basically in New England. Um, I would assume he found out at some point around that tweet that uh, the Patriots were going to void his. Um, his guaranteed money, as as everybody pretty much expected at this point. So, yeah, to me that was just something that that was sent out in a in a moment of anger or, or frustration. I don't think I don't think that tweet should tell us he's never going to play again. But I think everything else that has gone on might tell us that. And and the fact that there is an ongoing investigation 
uh, by the NFL and um, it, the the comments after his release were were basically no team is likely to sign him until that uh, investigation is cleared up. So who knows uh, what that timeline looks like? But obviously his value is is fading fast. As far as those shallow leagues, first of all, if you're playing in a a dynasty league with less than 20 roster spots. Let's let's change that first. Um, but yeah, you're, you guys are right. It's going to be hard to hang on to him uh, with with so few roster spots. Yeah, difficult indeed. I think the saga will will drag on. It's not the last we've heard from Antonio Brown. I'm sure we'll see what the next move is from either him or, or one of these NFL clubs. Uh, there are leagues out there that that have around 20 or 18 roster spots, and and that's a tough spot to be in. I agree with you, though, Ryan. If you, if you can get that into the 20s or even the mid to high 20s, uh, it seems to be a lot more fun. Uh, before we get into the uh, main topic of our program this week, I want to give everybody our weekly reminder that we are recording on Sunday evening. So just before Sunday Night Football kicks off, uh, we will, though, be recording on Monday night next week. So probably going to have this to you on Monday morning this week. It'll it'll probably be Tuesday morning next week. So keep that in mind as you look for the podcasts coming up. We're going to start with Thursday night football this week like we always do, guys, and that was the Titans and the Jaguars. I had this game and I chose for my player to highlight in the game was actually rookie quarterback Gardner Minshew, 20 of 30, 204 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, four carries for 18 yards, and no rushing touchdowns. Um, I'm calling him a sell in Superflex and two quarterback leagues, guys. I know it's it's a little bit rare or uncommon to sell a young starting quarterback when you need quarterbacks in these leagues, but especially when they're playing well and they kind of come out of nowhere. Um, he's 65 of 88 on the season in his three games. So a, nearly a 74% completion percentage, 692 yards, five touchdowns, and just one interception in those three games. Added on 11 carries for 80 yards as well. He's lost a fumble, fumbled a few times though. We got to keep in mind with this with this guy, fellas, First of all, he's a sixth-round pick. He's a little small for an NFL quarterback, and although he has all the charisma uh, that you look for in a starting quarterback, he lacks the big arm. And, you know, really there was a reason that he was a sixth-round pick. It feels like he's playing above his head, especially with that team that's surrounding him. Although those guys in Jacksonville jumped on the bandwagon with him and and really took him in as one of their own, he's going to come back down to earth if you ask me, uh, recent tra- trades that we've seen with Minshew since Thursday night's game. So just in the last few days, we saw a Minshew for Hunter Henry and a fourth round pick in a 14 team super flex. I know in 14 teams and super flex quarterbacks are worth a lot. I'm not giving up Hunter Henry for him, but if I can get him, I'll take him in a heartbeat. Uh, Minshew and John Ross for Rex Burkhead and Sony Michelle. Uh, Minshew and Julio Jones to upgrade all the way up to Christian McCaffrey and another 14 teamer, man, you know, these seems like deal seem like deals that I'm willing to do for a guy that mo in most dynasty leagues, I guess in a lot of super flex and two quarterback leagues that we play in guys, Minshew was grabbed with a really late rookie pick or, or for a few bucks in a rookie draft or a free agent auction. Um, he was free just a few weeks ago. And to, to be pulling guys like Hunter Henry straight up, that seems like, uh, a no-brainer. You send the rookie quarterback that's 
that's playing way above his head for a guy like Hunter Henry, even on the injury. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, and I, I really like uh, listing Minshew as a sell because not only do we have some doubts about his long-term value, but he's also, he's got that hype. He's one of these players that uh, a lot of people seem to be drawn to, whether it's because of his play on the field or, or kind of his personality and, and style, I guess we could say, off the field. Uh, he, he has the attention of a lot of people, and, and that's one thing that matters in Dynasty. He's, he's on the front of our minds, at least he was last week when he became the starter, and, and then uh, on Thursday night on the, in that game that everyone saw played well against the Titans defense. So uh, if those are the prices and you can get – you can somehow turn him and, and Julio Jones into Christian McCaffrey, if you can get Hunter Henry plus for him, then obviously those – our deals you should be making. Yeah, and, and even on contenders where, you know, maybe you lost a quarterback and you've been using Minshew to plug a hole, like it seems like it's a good idea to get out now. It looks like they're targeting, you know, week 11, week 12 or so for Nick Foles to come back. Uh, I mean, I guess there is a chance that Minshew plays so well he just keeps the job, but they did pay uh, pay Vic Foles an awful lot of money, $45 million guaranteed uh, at signing. They can't really get out of the contract until after the 2020 season next year. If they tried to cut him after 2019, they would be losing about $34 million against the cap. There's an out in 2021 where they'll only have 12 and a half dead, dead money. Uh, so it, it just seems like with that kind of contract, unless Minshew is just – lights the world on fire basically and I know he's played really well I just don't see him maintaining that long term so even if you're relying on him right now by the time we get to the playoffs you're gonna have to figure out something anyway so you you might as well cash out at this point and try to go after an an asset that's going to be there for you at the end of the season and I don't think any of us are saying that it's a guarantee that Gardner Minshew is not not going to be worth anything in the future obviously there have been sixth rounders and late round picks that have become very valuable dynasty assets uh especially in these super flex and two quarterback leagues so it is possible and his start is great but like you said ryan he's on the on the front of dynasty owners minds and and he was in the spotlight last week on that Thursday night game there were people talking about how he could have thrown a third touchdown and what what a magical game that could have been if if that third touchdown would have been caught but it was a drop and you know it, i just i just it's more unlikely than likely that Gardner Minshew has this kind of value a year from now so so i'm i'm i think we're all i can speak for all of us we are on board with selling Gardner Minshew uh, going forward. The next game we want to cover, guys, Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo barely escapes. Matt, you had this one. Yeah, Josh Allen playing really well, a little bit down this, this week compared to last, but uh, you know, keeping fantasy owners alive with all of his rushing attack, uh, the rushing attack for the team and, and himself. Um, but the player I want to talk about this week is Dawson Knox. We finally saw him get on the field. Only had uh, four targets in this game, but caught three of them for 67 yards and a touchdown. This is a guy we were excited about after the the draft process. Uh, Tyler Croft was added uh, before the NFL draft, and then he got hurt. And it looked like Dawson Knox was really going to have an opportunity, but then he had a small injury as well, kind of got pushed to the background. And uh, this is the first time we've really seen any significant work from him. He was a player in college that we really liked, but didn't have a lot of production, mostly because he was surrounded by uh, players at Ole Miss like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and DeMarcus Lodge and these guys. So uh, he's somebody who is a bit of a a speculative 
uh, uh, prospect, but the, the measurables were there, the, the, the ball skills were there, looks great on film and all that stuff, and that really came to fruition today. The other thing I really like about Knox is that the, the Bills receivers, they're, they're little guys. They got John Brown and Zay Jones and Cole Beasley, and you know Dawson Knox has this 6'4", 255-pound frame that they really don't have any other size in that red zone area of the field, so he should be you know in contention for a touchdown almost every week once they get into that area of the field. So he's probably on the waiver wires in some leagues and deeper leagues. He's certainly on roster, so uh, you could probably go out and get him for a third, maybe a late second if you really had to in a tight end premium kind of league. Um, some trades, uh, this were, these were in the last two weeks. So before this game, obviously, the prices have gone up. But he was a couple of weeks. Uh, actually, last week he was moved for Kenneth Dixon and some fab, which doesn't make any sense. He was moved straight up for a third. Someone sent Tyler Eifert, Eifert uh, for Dawson Knox and a third-round pick. So uh, I think he's probably gettable, probably a little bit less gettable after this week, but still probably in the waiver wire again in some of the shallower leagues. I think that's a good good call as well, Matt. Knox is a guy I've been hanging on to. You were right. We, we all liked him uh, in the offseason and um, after, after a slow start with that injury. Uh, I've, I've been trying to hang on to him. You also mentioned Tyler Croft. He actually – came back um, earlier in the week from and was was practicing, looked like he was good to go, and then had uh, had a setback, re-injured. Uh, I believe it's, it's an ankle injury for him. So he's sounds like he's probably out multiple weeks, which, uh, of course, is more good news for Dawson Knox's value. Yeah, and, and like you said, Matt, Knox is a field stretcher. He, he's a big play type of guy at the tight end position. So uh, certainly in a, in a game, the game that we play where there are very few tight ends that, that are worthy of even being on a roster, let alone putting into a starting lineup, we take a shot on every guy we can. Dawson Knox certainly qualifies as a guy that you want on your roster. So if he's available out there and you have any kind of uh, room for him on your roster, he'd, he'd be a priority add. This week, let's go on, Ryan, to the Atlanta Falcons and the Indiana Colts. This was a good game. Who do you choose to focus on this week? I've got Devontae Freeman here. Uh, this was this looked like a, a game that was set up for Freeman to to have a bounce-back game, started the season slowly. I think Edo Smith was playing more than most people expected. And, and the Falcons had faced a couple of tough run defenses in their first two weeks. So uh, playing the Colts, uh, who were missing some defenders, looked like a perfect setup for Freeman to have a big game. Uh, and then Ito Smith actually went out of the game with a concussion. So again, that that just uh, made things all the better for Freeman. But he couldn't really capitalize. He, he had 88 total yards, um, added three catches for seven yards. And at this point, I just want to sell low on Freeman. I just want to get out and hope he still has some name value that can can bring me a, a running back I like better or, or maybe even a couple of second-round picks. He's still the RB23 in our ADP, but he's 27 years old. And to me, it's pretty clear we're never going to see the Freeman that we saw a couple years ago. I looked at some recent trades. Some of them certainly do feel like selling low. John Brown, uh, even up. Duke Johnson and a third rounder. Uh, I would I would be hesitant on those two deals, uh, but some others were very appealing. And and if this if this is a uh, realistic, then then I'd be happy with that. Uh, Justice Hill and a third for Devontae Freeman. Freeman a second and a third for Miles Sanders. Freeman and a second for Robert Woods. Those would be excellent returns at this point. 
Yeah, great, great turn returns for sure. I was thinking about Freeman this week as well because it seemed like one of those games where if he couldn't get it going, uh, that was a big warning sign because this felt like a game where he should really, really have a big game. Uh, and even with that Ito Smith injury, and maybe that Smith injury would help you sell him this week because it appears that Smith could be out for for a stretch. You know, I guess it's normal for for guys with concussions, particularly running backs, to sit out for a while. That could be a selling point. He's going to get a massive workload, or should at least get a bigger workload, especially compared to the eight and eleven carries that he got in week one and two. Like you mentioned, Ryan, sixteen carries for eighty eight yards this week wasn't really involved in that passing game though, despite being down for most of the game. Uh, which is a you know a red flag really I think I agree completely we're not gonna see that Devonta Freeman you mentioned his age 27 years old Ryan he seems like an old 27 and, it, and it's not gonna get any easier you know for him this was kind of the the spot for him to really kind of wake up he's got the Titans next week who you know through three and a half quarters had Leonard Fournette held to like 11 carries and negative nine yards until he ripped off that 60 yard run uh the the Texans after that the Cardinals you know they're 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 probably an okay matchup the Rams Seahawks you know just it just keeps getting worse that basically the rest of the season there's not a really a whole whole much of a let up for the Falcons this season uh and, and losing those two first round pick offensive linemen really just kind of derailed this team once again so uh, I, I guess it's time to get out I, I don't I, I don't really want to sell for those those offers that, that you put out there Ryan uh, the woods one seems okay but I, I think I would want like an early second still and I'm not sure if I would get that so uh, I guess I'm I guess I'm kind of fence sitting here I, I would like to move him but I feel like I'm probably not going to get an offer that I'm going to want to accept so we're moving on from Devonta Freeman, uh, but Matt seems a little hesitant still. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks if you end up getting on, on board, Matt. Let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Really the game of the week for a lot of us. Uh, a lot of us were really anticipating this game, wanted to watch as much of it as we could. And, and really, although it w- had a little bit of a lackluster start and maybe middle to the, of the game, it did get exciting towards the end. The guy I chose to highlight this week out of this game was a guy that just just had a few plays on the field and just one touch in the game. That's rookie running back Justice Hill. One carry for one yard, three targets. Didn't catch any of them, though. Ryan, last week you mentioned Mark Ingram as a sell. Uh, I think Hill is a good target for Mark Ingram. Maybe you could get Hill and something with the way Mark Ingram played in week three. Uh, Hill hasn't been involved a whole lot through three weeks, just nine carries for 32 yards, most of that coming in week one in garbage time. One catch for 10 yards on five targets as well. Gus Edwards has received 27 touches to Hill's 10 to this point. So I, I just see Hill as a good trade target, and this maybe is a good time to target that Hill owner, although most uh, Justice Hill owners did invest uh second round pick in Hill. Some even at the end of the preseason were investing late first round picks. Um, Since he's disappeared from the game plan to this point, it seems like it might be a good time to try to poach him. Recent trades, Ryan, you mentioned the Hill in a 2020 third for Devonta Freeman. That looked like a good one for me. I also saw Hill for LaShawn McCoy and a third in one of my leagues. That was a slam dunk as well. Uh, And that was leading up to to the game time on Sunday when, when McCoy was announced as a starter and active. So uh, somebody needed a, a running back, was willing to, to 
get rid of a little future production with Hill. I think those are the types of deals I'd be looking for if I was going to try to add Justice Hill to one of my rosters. I'm on board with with Justice Hill as a buy here, and I do agree. I, I, I still want to sell Mark Ingram, but I think it, you're, you're at, the asking price is going to be a lot nicer this week after that three-touchdown game. So if you're targeting Justice Hill, you're right, Dan. It, it should be probably Justice Hill in the second rounder at this point, which – would be even better, but along with Hill, I think a lot of the a lot of the rookie running backs that we liked uh, a month ago that haven't really been involved yet, I would absolutely be buying all of them. Uh, Damian Harris comes to mind for sure. Uh, we saw Tony Pollard have a big game today. We saw Alexander Madison score. Uh, so th- those are guys who haven't played as much as maybe some dynasty owners thought they would. Uh, Darwin Thompson is another. If if any of these guys, any any dynasty owners are panicking on these rookie running backs, uh, we should be pouncing on that. Matt, you were watching the Broncos and Packers on Sunday afternoon. Who'd you choose to highlight out of this game? Uh, we typically, I think, target you know guys that can get for buys and that that we can get relatively cheaply in buys for this 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 kind of format that we're doing but I'm going to throw Devonte Adams out there this time you know in, in two out of 3 weeks he's had fairly disappointing numbers no touchdowns yet he did have a 100 yard game in week 2 but otherwise uh you know today uh was 4 for 56 uh week 1 was was like 30 something yards I believe so uh just 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 he hasn't really been producing for us and and he's still I, I, right before the season I moved him up to wide receiver 1 uh and I still kind of have him there I still think he's Aaron Rodgers for best favorite target out there he looks really good gliding around the field um he's just he he saw he saw a lot of Christopher Harris today um and you know I I just I I think that like we've been talking the last couple of weeks that you know this may you may not get a whole bunch of a discount on this but but like we were talking about with Juju last week that this is maybe the opportunity that you're going to get to have him that he's actually available um some recent deals that I would do for for Devontae Adams Corey Davis who we were all down on James Washington who I had as a buy last week but disappointed again today uh, a first and a second for Devontae Adams I would give that up for him Diggs a first and a third I think that's fair and if you want to just offer straight picks I, I I wonder at this point if you could go and buy them for just two first straight up another deal that I would I would I would do uh, the, the Packers offense still seems to be coming around you know they, they've been starting off hot the last couple of weeks but like around the end of the second quarter all the way into the fourth like it seems like they've just been kind of stalling out uh, so I still am hopeful that they're going to get that together and be able to keep up that early momentum that they're seeing in games right now it's been enough to win based on what that do it defense is doing later in the games um, so I think Adams is still, you know, a top, definitely a wide receiver one, probably still a top five option at the worst. And, uh, right now it doesn't really look like that based on the numbers. So I think he's gettable right now. Yeah. You know, I don't know how gettable he is, Matt. Uh, I hope he is gettable in leagues that I'm playing in where I don't have him. Uh, there, there are reasons to, to look forward to maybe a bigger second half to the season or, or rest of the season compared to the first three weeks. You mentioned a lot of the, a lot of the reasons why, but he had eight targets and nine targets in week one and two respectively, uh, just four in week three, but a little bit tougher coverage. Uh, although Minnesota and Chicago are no slouches, but I think that's a, that's something in his favor as well. Three tough defenses to this point. A lot of the focus going on Adams and, and you know, leaving MVS and Allison and others open in that offense. 
focusing in on Adams. If you can get Adams for any of those deals that you mentioned, Matt, that, that seems like a good deal in my book. I'd even pay more than what you're mentioning. Two firsts isn't enough. I, if, if I'm selling them, I want way more than that. And if I'm buying, I'm willing to give more than just two firsts for Devontae Adams, who I still think has double-digit touchdown upside for 2019. As as Packers fans, though, I mean, I think you guys have a have a good perspective on this. Shouldn't we be a little worried about this offense? You know, not from a, a real football perspective, but just just from fantasy production because they they are playing slower than they have in the past. Uh, running fewer plays in general, um, they're they're running the ball more, and and it's that for the most part of that shared backfield between. Aaron Jones and Williams, and uh, none of that is is really good for fantasy production. So, I mean, maybe we're three games in now, and, and we've pretty much seen the same thing all three weeks. Uh, they've they've improved since week one, but maybe this is just what they want that offense to be. Maybe it is, and and perhaps I'm looking through it through green and gold colored glasses when I see it. I have seen improvement in the offense in, in each week. Uh, it seems to me more of a new coach and a veteran quarterback blending together. The quarterback has his way and the, and the coach has the way he wants him to play. There's lots of talk in Green Bay about the friction between the two that, that really doesn't seem to exist just because they talk to each other and maybe walk away from each other at the end of a conversation on the sideline doesn't mean they're, they're having any kind of disagreement that's going to going to cause a rift or, or become a problem for the offense. I really do feel like it's two really competitive guys that are trying to find the way that they run an offense together rather than Rodgers running his quick tempo and and uh, slinging it all over the place and Lafleur's quick release uh, get the ball out on time offense, which. If you really look, watch the games, early in games when, when we're watching those scripted plays, the first 15, maybe first 25 plays, they look electrifying. And they're getting Devontae Adams the ball. They're getting MVS the ball quickly, and the ball's out of Rodgers' hands, hands fast. And I think that's what LaFleur wants to do. Rodgers is still trying to, to incorporate that after that script runs out. It feels to me like the offense is getting better. Uh, from game to game, lasting a little bit longer in each game. And if that continues, there there aren't going to be any problems with Adams, Rodgers, or anybody else that we're counting on as fantasy owners. Let's move on to the Raiders and the Vikings. Ryan, you had this game. I did, I did. I've got Dalvin Cook here, and I've got him as a sell with, with a major caveat, though. We, we've seen Cook start the season uh, three weeks in as the RB1 overall, obviously having a huge season, season uh, another 110 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's also getting involved in the passing game, which which is nice to see from him. He caught four balls for 33 yards. So the caveat is I want one of the top four running backs. All offseason long, we, we had that huge uh, – we saw that huge gap between the top four, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara – Christian McCaffrey and everybody else. Um, some of those guys are, are losing value. We've seen some injuries and, and uh, just, just some disappointing play, a couple of bad games here and there from some of those top four. And, and we've seen nothing but great play from Dalvin Cook as he's the, the focal point of that offense. So I am going to, if I've got him, I'm going to try to get one of the other four. If I can't, you've got to hold him, obviously. 
So which wide receivers are you accepting for Cook at this point, Ryan? I did see a trade uh, for Cook and Devontae Adams, essentially straight up. I think there were some other pieces. So, I mean, that tells me people are valuing him as uh, a top 10 or 12 overall player uh, in Dynasty now with that kind of that first round startup valuation. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Juju for him. Or I'm I'm moving in for Juju, I guess I should say. Uh, Adams, uh, Odell, Hopkins, really any of those top four or five. Michael Thomas. So so you're looking for first-round startup guy in return for Cook at this point, really. Right. Yeah, I you know, I've watched Elvin Cook. I've seen every carry, and he looks like Bo Jackson on Tecmo Super Bowl. He looks just a step faster than everybody else. And it's maddening as a Packer fan and even more maddening because I was a Delvin Cook supporter coming out and traded him a couple times over the offseason. And even when you get Alvin Kamara in a deal for Cook, you, you watch Cook fly down a sideline and it makes you think twice and, and wonder, like, maybe was this the right thing to do? Cook's injury history is what drove me to make those decisions. I don't necessarily regret them, but, uh, man, he has looked good and... There, there is a lot of upside. I would not be shocked if he ends the season as the running back one. In fact, he's probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. If, if somebody said every running back is staying healthy for the rest of the year, who's going to end as the number one running back? It'd be hard not to say Cook, simply because of the workload, uh, how that offense just revolves around him, both in the running game and the passing game. They have another running back getting multiple carries every game and and useful, meaningful carries. And Cook is still getting this huge workload. 21 carries, 20 carries, and 16 carries in their three games. Also mixing in uh, with nine receptions so far this season. So averaging those three catches. So in PPR, he's even even getting that bonus. Uh, Cook, man, he's so good. When he's on the field, he's going to be one of them top running backs. I like what you said, though. If you're getting one of those top receivers, one of those top few running backs, though, uh, those are the types of deals maybe that we should be doing. I had the Jets and the Patriots. I chose Philip Dorsett to talk about this week. Six catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. And I'm I'm placing him as a buy. I guess he could be an ad in some leagues after Antonio Brown went off last week. Maybe he was the guy that got dropped uh, to add a player in uh, on waivers last week. If he's available in free agency, seems like a slam dunk, probably top waiver priority this week maybe there's a a running back or two that might be considered but Dorsett should be considered by just about everybody if they're available I'm willing to buy him if it takes it to trade him as well two games without Antonio Brown for the Patriots this year 10 catches 148 and three touchdowns on 11 targets for Philip Dorsett in those two games uh like I said most likely rostered unless you're in a shallow dynasty but Edelman Julian Edelman left Sunday's game with a chest injury x-rays were negative there so we're not sure keep posted on that Uh, watch Twitter um and of course keep keep updated on what's up with Edelman because if he misses time Dorsett's going to be on the field even more than he has been to this point and we should all expect wide receiver wide receiver three production going forward from Philip Dorsett I just don't want to pay anything for him. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I mean, he looks much better this year. He, he, he learned to catch the ball, uh, which was the problem for him last year. So that's, that's good. But I don't know. I just have a hard time. Like, like I don't even really want to give a third for him. And, and maybe that's wrong, Ryan. What do you, what do you think? Would you pay anything for Dorsett? No, I, I know what you mean. I think we, 
we have those disappointing players, and Dorsett was one of those as as a former uh, late first or early second round rookie pick that uh, that kind of stung us, and and we've almost just associated them with uh, with being bad their whole career. So when when they do kind of turn things around, it's it's tough to adjust that that mindset to that. So I, I get why you would say that, um, and I kind of agree. I would rather. I would rather flip a a player than a pick for Dorsett, but I do think he's a guy you can you can stick in your lineup, especially de- depending on how this uh, Edelman injury plays out. And we're just a week away now from bye weeks setting in, and and we're starting bench players. And if I can get Dorsett for a third and slide him into my flex spot, I'm I'm all about that third round pick. Uh, Man, Dorsett's going to outperform the guy you're going to pick in that spot most likely, at least in my opinion. Let's move on to the Lions and the Eagles. Matt, who do we have here? I went with Marvin Jones, and this one hurts me because I, I like Marvin Jones quite a bit. Uh, but this is, you know, maybe the best game you're going to get out of the out of Marvin Jones this season. Uh, Kenny Galladay really did not handle the number one quarterback well this this week. He actually only had one target less than Marvin Jones. Galladay was two for seventeen on eight targets. Marvin Jones, of course, six of one hundred one and a touchdown uh, with a with a twenty seven yard as his long reception on the day. And I, I just I just don't like this offense in general. It doesn't seem like they want to really pass the ball unless they have to. Uh, once Philadelphia started coming back in, in this game, then they really kind of ha- they kind of forced their hands a little bit. But I just don't think it's the kind of offense is really going to support more than one fantasy option in the passing game each week. We finally saw on Johnson today actually get a, a, a kind of a bell cow workload with 20 carries. Was not super productive on the ground, um, but it's clear and it's been clear for a long time that this team wants to play defense and run the ball. And I just think that every week it's going to be a different target in the passing game that, that, that kind of hits last. Uh, and then week one, it was Hawkinson today. Hawkinson almost had another touchdown today, but had it kind of ripped away from him. Um, and, and Galladay obviously is the youth and the, the upside there. And Jones is going to be 30 after this season. So if you can go ahead and get your second, second round pick this right, right now off of this performance, I think this is the time to do it. Matt, would you trade Marvin Jones for Philip Dorsett? I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. I think I would. I would as well. Yeah, Dorsett, so Dorsett's four years younger, obviously not even a debate that he's on. Um, he, he's on a better offense and you could say Dorsett's the third option there behind Gordon and Edelman, but I think it's fair to argue that Jones might be the third option behind, um, behind Galladay. And, you know, whether you want to consider carry on Johnson or, or Hawkinson or, or Danny Amendola, it, it, he at least has some competition for that second spot. So buying four years, getting a, a player in a better offense. I think I would do that. I think I may make that offer. That's fair, but if I can get a second, wouldn't I? Wouldn't you rather have a second than than Philip Dorsett? How many guys are giving a second for Jones, though? Uh, yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. I, I would rather have the second, but I don't think you can get a second for Marvin Jones. Maybe coming off the big game, this is the time. I think you were right on that, Matt. If you're going to float Marvin Jones's name out there today, is the day quickly, guys. If I had this game, I wanted to talk about Carry On Johnson. But I don't know what to do with the guy. 20 carries, 36 yards. Luckily, he got that touchdown. Not really involved in the passing game. Once again, just six targets so far on the year. What are your thoughts on Johnson, Ryan? Yeah, it's not good. Um, we haven't really seen him be effective in the run game at all. Um, he had the he had the touchdown today, as you said, um, earlier in the uh, 
one of the first couple weeks, he had the long touchdown reception. But his his rushing totals throughout the uh, through the three games: thirty six yards, forty one yards, forty nine yards. Uh, it seemed the narrative that was that today would be the day he had that big game because uh, they had moved on from from C.J. Anderson, and and that somehow opened up a, a huge amount of work, and it it, it still didn't happen. So. Um, if you can pivot from carry on to, to one of these other guys in that same tier, Mixon, I think is, is a possibility. Um, he's had a little bit of a slow start, uh, himself, you know, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones. Those are all guys that I would consider, uh, moving off, uh, carry on Johnson for. I just don't know what to do with him. And like you mentioned, CJ Anderson's gone. They gave him the workload, 20 carries, uh, leading for much of that game and lots of opportunities and just regularly stuffed at the line of scrimmage. He does not look as explosive as usual. You mentioned Mixon. At least Mixon looks explosive when he gets his few chances per game with that offensive line. Man, Kerryon Johnson just isn't doing it for any of us as dynasty owners. Uh, Ryan, you had the Dolphins and the Cowboys. Who are we selling for the for the Dolphins? And can we get anything for him? This this is another uh, sell low. <laughs> Josh Rosen uh, is a sell, and and I, I again kind of have to go with the caveat here that we're talking about a super flex league. I think in a in a one quarterback league, he's 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 worthless, honestly. Um, but in in that super flex league, I do think he has some value as as all starting starting quarterbacks do. But I I would look to sell him. You know, this is this is kind of sad. He had 200 passing yards today, no touchdowns. Uh, the last time a Dolphins quarterback even reached 200 passing yards was week 14 of last year. So we're we're talking about uh, a handful of games since that even happened, and, and that's obviously a very low mark or a low bar. So um, I do think Rosen looked better than, than Fitzpatrick. He had, had a couple of really nice throws, especially one to Preston Williams. So um, and, and they somehow looked like they were staying in that game in the first quarter until Dallas – uh, ran away with it, but um, yeah, just in those super flex leagues, I do think Rosen has has some value. I'm taking um, I'm taking multiple seconds for him. If you can somehow get a first rounder, uh, that that would be a steal. I don't think anybody's sending a first. In fact, even the two seconds that I think that's going to be hard to get at this point. Uh, you can get a high second. I think I think it's time to sell and and move on. I I agree that he's a sell. It's just unlikely that you get anything of much value. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, it, this, I mean, they've they've done it to themselves. But the Miami, just just everything we've seen from them this season, it, it's really killed the value of of all of their players. I mean, when you think about guys that that we've liked and that have had some dynasty value even in the past few months, Williams is one, Devontae Parker, uh, Kenyon Drake, Mike Gesicki. It would like when you look at your lineups each week, you don't even consider starting any Dolphins. Any any Miami Dolphin player is just off the board. Yeah, that that narrative and just what we've seen the the blowout losses three weeks in a row and and probably more to come really have hurt all of their. Values. I will say, Ryan, though Rosen, like you said, looked a lot better than Fitzpatrick, and his receivers did not help him out today. There were multiple drop balls. Yeah. Devontae Parker dropped a perfectly thrown crossing route in the red zone that could have turned into a big play. Uh, 
there was another, I think it was Preston Williams that had a touchdown in his hands and, and had it kind of pulled away from him. That really should have been a catch from a, a professional wide receiver. If he gets a little bit of help today, maybe he adds a touchdown and another 25 or 30 yards and that line looks a lot better, and then maybe you can sell him. So I guess maybe there's hope that he puts up a big game in Week 4 against Kansas City's questionable secondary, then going into the bye has a little bit of momentum, and maybe he can be sold at some point at, at that point. Um, selling a, a Miami Dolphin is going to be difficult for the rest of the season, though, in Dynasty Leagues. I had the Giants and the Buccaneers, fellas, and this was a pretty easy one to take, so I swooped right in there and grabbed it on our agenda. As soon as Saquon Barkley went down, Wayne Gallman got a majority of the work in the backfield after Saquon Barkley uh, injured that ankle. Um, in the middle of the game against the Buccaneers in week three. Dr. David Chow on Twitter mentioned this case, saw the play, and tweeted, expect the MRI to show a high ankle sprain. The expectation always is that there's going to be a multi-week recovery for the high ankle sprain. So Gallman looks like he's going to get some kind of workload. We assume he's going to have to share that workload with somebody in New York. But it was mostly Gallman in week three. That makes him a priority add if he's on waivers this week and you need running back help. Yeah, I mean, I'm no one's super excited about Gallman, right? But there's literally no one else on the roster at the position. They have Elijah Penny, who is kind of a cast off from Arizona. So it seems like until this is done, it's going to be Gallman. And, you know, you say what you want about the offense, but you're going to have a, a, a back that's probably going to get 15 to 20 touches, and that's valuable in, in any offense, really, except for maybe the Dolphins, I guess. Opportunity is king. We'll see if Gallman can turn it into anything. He didn't do a whole lot with his limited touch to, touches against that improved Buccaneers defense. Uh, but actually, Saquon didn't do a whole lot with his either. He only had eight eight carries for 10 yards, uh, four catches for 27 yards before going down. So we'll see what happens with Gallman going forward. Like I said, though, if you need a little bit of help, he's probably the guy that's going to be on waivers and you can get for just putting a fab bid in. Matt, you had the Saints and the Seahawks. Who we got here? Yeah, I don't know about this one. I might, might have got a little cute with this one, but uh, we go. I think we go ahead and add CJ Procise. Remember him, you guys? He was he was everybody's favorite running back in that class uh, several years ago, but just really hasn't been able to stay healthy at all. The reason why I think it, he's worth adding is not only is Rashad Penny out this week, he's probably going to be back this week, but you don't know. Uh, Carson, you know, for all the talk about him being a, a receiving back, he had one target today, one catch for like negative two yards or something like that. Procise had five targets. Uh, Carson also all of a sudden has a fumbling issue. You know, I think this is his third fumble today of the season. He only had two in all of last season, so it's a relatively new thing for him, but if he ends up in the doghouse and and Penny does come back healthy I just don't think that they're going to hand the reins over to Penny completely so uh, it seems like ProSize could have some kind of satellite value here uh, in, a, in, a, in a couple of different scenarios one if, if Carson just can't keep his hands on the ball and if, or if Penny can't stay uh, get back on the field you know I think there's a couple scenarios here where ProSize can have a little bit of value for us uh, uh, Russell Wilson also threw the ball 50 times today so in these kind of games where, where they're going to have to throw the ball more and get away from that game script that they like so much of, of running the ball 
50 times a game. Uh, he's going to have more value in, in those kind of kind of matchups too. So it's definitely a, a speculative ad here, but probably not on too many rosters anymore in Dynasty. So, you know, and, prob- and probably not the priority waiver wire ad, but in these deeper leagues where there's re- really just nothing out there, I think it could do worse this week than to add a guy for uh, on a team like Seattle that, that seems like they want to use him again all of a sudden, especially after Carson fumbled again in this game. Matt, I don't think that is getting too cute. I, and I like the points that you made. Uh, he was a guy that lots of dynasty owners were excited about. And all the points you made about the guys that are currently in place, uh, the the fumbling issues for Carson, of course, Penny's injury and and how that will progress or how he will get how much he'll improve over the next week or two Procise could carve out a role and if we remember back to the preseason there was talk about will Procise even make the team he had a big couple of weeks to kind of finish up the preseason and won that third third spot uh over JD McKissick I think it was um there's a there's an opportunity down the road in deep leagues I like that call we'll add CJ Procise I've, I've had him on teams in the past I won't be afraid to add him uh, for free once again this week Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals. Ryan, you had this one. I did. I've got another sell here, and, and it's it's going to be another tough sell. But uh, Greg Olson, currently the tight end five in fantasy, had another big game this week with six catches, 75 yards, a couple touchdowns as the Panthers were finally able to, uh, to move the ball up and down the field. Uh, but, I mean, th- this is obvious. Olsen is 34 years old. Even if you're a contender, I would, I would try to move off of, uh, off of Greg Olsen, especially if you've got other options at tight end. For me, this is almost to take whatever you can get. Uh, I- I'd, take a, I- I'd, I'd probably take a couple of thirds for him. Uh, I mean, even when we've seen him be successful this year, we've, uh, it-, it just looks, <laughs> it looks rough. It's hard to watch. He's, he's labored, he's slow, uh, he, he's getting nicked up uh, essentially every game. So get out while you can on Greg Olson. You know, I don't think it's going to be as difficult as maybe you say there, Ryan, uh, just because of the lack of positional depth at tight end, really. Everybody's struggling. Or, there's five or six owners in every dynasty league right now that question week to week who to put in their lineup. And I think you could sell somebody on the fact that, hey, Olsen's playing well. He's putting up numbers. You'll slide him into your your number one tight end spot, and you'll get some production instead of rolling between uh, over the waiver wire and trying to find Jason Witten and Jimmy Graham and, and all these guys that are really unknowns. Uh, with that, let's go on to the Houston Texans and Los Angeles Chargers. I had this one, and I didn't really... I didn't really love any of our options with either of these teams as far as guys to to add or drop or or buy or sell. I did land on Duke Johnson, however, and you may say, really, Duke Johnson? Two carries for two yards, two catches for 22 yards on three targets. But I'm going to call him a buy in PPR leagues, and it's more about what Carlos Hyde did not do than what Duke Johnson did do. Duke didn't get a lot of opportunities in this game. Carlos Hyde came back down to earth, 10 carries, 19 yards, and did get uh, bailed out with a goal line touchdown near the end of that game. Uh, Hyde, by the way, is a sell as well. Um, And Hyde did not get any targets, looked awfully slow. You mentioned Greg Olson looked slow. I thought Carlos Hyde looked archaic out there. Um, Duke Johnson wasn't really needed as the Texans... 
uh, were playing for a head from a head for a lot of this game. I think he was a he's a buy low after 12 touches in the last two weeks. Uh, it's probably only a matter of time until Duke Johnson gets a bigger chance for the Texans. He fits so much better in that offense. That I just don't understand why he hasn't gotten more of an opportunity. How about the Steelers and the 40, 49ers, Matt, uh, our final game to cover? Yeah, last week I think I had James Washington as a buy. I was really excited about what he might do with Mason Rudolph, both because of uh, you know the college connection, the fact that they were practicing together all off season, uh, but it just really hasn't come to fruition, at least in the first two weeks that uh, Rudolph has been playing a significant portion of the snaps. And it was really Deontay Johnson today that, that kind of took over that secondary role behind Juju. So <laughs> maybe it's time to go by him. He was second in targets behind Juju with six. Washington had four. Deontay Johnson did a lot more with his three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Washington just two for 14 today. Uh, and Washington is really, you know, he hasn't really improved from some of the issues we've seen with him last year and in the preseason, specifically getting off of press man coverage has been an issue with him. Uh, and it's kind of translating to the regular season. It hasn't really gotten too much better. Uh, and if we had to say that there's a player on the team right now that's closest to Antonio Brown and what he meant to that offense, I do think it's Deontay Johnson. So it's time to go buy him. He's, he's going for very reasonable prices right now on the trade finder uh, for a third round pick in 2021 for Miles Boykin straight up for Cole Beasley in a 2021 second. So he's definitely gettable right now. If you have to go pay a late second round pick, I think it's a worthwhile investment. We're not sure yet how this offense is really going to continue to materialize with Mason Rudolph at quarterback for them, but it seems like they want to be a little bit more balanced, spread the ball out a little bit more to the secondary targets, uh, at least right now. But Deontay Johnson seems to be capitalizing on the opportunity he's been given, and James Washington has not. So uh, Washington or, or Johnson, I think, is, is the guy to buy in this offense right now. Last week, Joe Dynasty owner is listening to the podcast. He hears you say Washington's the guy. He trades a <laughs> draft pick for Washington. Are you, are you telling him to go trade Washington for Johnson now? <sighs> that's, that's really tough. I mean, I, I guess that is what I'm saying. I, I, I would have a hard time still doing that because I, I still love Washington. But it, it might be the smart move, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't remember what I said to buy Washington for last week. It was probably the same range of that, that second-round pick. Um, so they're probably about equal in value after this week, I would say, from a dynasty standpoint. So I guess to pick your pa- favorite flavor. I really hope there's a guy. I want, I want both of them. Yeah, yeah, keep them both. Send, some, send another pick out, huh? Yeah, I want them both. So I still want them. So. I, I was going to say, I, I really hope there's a guy out there named Joe Dynasty. That, that seems like... <laughs> Seems like a good name. So uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. Remember, next week we will be recording Monday night, so expect a Tuesday release for that one. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again in week four. Yeah.